Well, hello, everyone. Alexis Brooks here from Higher Journeys Radio, back with another episode that I call Conscious Commentary. Hope y'all are doing well. I know I am. It is a glorious, glorious summer day. Not quite at the dog days of summer as yet, being that it is the beginning of August, but we're heading there quickly. And I am savoring every single moment. Well, if I'm sounding a little bit more bubbly to you today, there's a reason for that, because I'm going to talk about something that is so much fun that I would like to share with you. And it has to do with manifesting. Manifestation. We've all heard it. We've heard different semblances of how it can be done. And today, I'm going to share one with you. Now, listen, before we get started, I want to set for the record, um, the secret. Let's talk about that just for a moment. Now, I have uh, referred to that famous book and then movie called The Secret on several occasions. And I will say that although I think that it was a wonderful primer uh, for so many people, and so many great uh, suggestions that were made in really getting people acclimated to the idea that we can indeed create our desired reality. I somehow have always felt that it was indeed just that, a primer. We can get as deep into this subject as we care to. I happen to think that where some of those techniques like picture books, scrapbooking and and things of that nature can be effective, I think that there are other considerations that we need to keep in mind when we're looking to manifest. And that's what I want to get into today, meaning like everything that we do, that we set out to do, it is tailor-made to who we are as individuals. Let me step back for a minute and first share a story with you, and then I'm going to get into the mechanics of what I mean about that. I want to tell you a story. This Every time I think about it, that's why I came on the air so bubbly, because it's such a great, cute little story. Let's go back in time. This is, oh, the beginning of August. Let's go back to, uh, I believe it was April that I uh, did a show with a lovely lady by the name of Diane Bischoff James. You've probably heard me talk about her before because she left such a wonderful uh, uh, impression with me in terms of her approach to manifesting. She calls them manifesting experiments. And what she really did was in, in her on her journey of manifesting is trying out little things that she had not read anywhere or hadn't gone to a workshop for, but just decided to really experiment with her style of manifesting. And she did it with a great deal of success. I urge you to listen to that interview. I think it's well worth it. I will have a link to the companion post that goes with this little podcast. Well, she had left such an impression on me that I decided, and I've done this before, and I'm blessed that I have been somewhat successful in the art of manifesting, not all the time, because I don't know that it is a science as much as it is an art, but uh, I wanted to try really just kind of taking in her words and what she had suggested. And the, the, the term that she used is experiment. We're all experimenting, aren't we? We're all exploring the terrain and exploring our our capabilities in the process. So here's what happened. It was a, a beautiful spring afternoon. Uh, at this point, uh, 
beginning of May, I want to say, about the beginning of May. And I had decided to take a little break from my work and go sit out in a beautiful garden that we have that uh, we've been working on for quite some time. We have several gardens on our property, but this is somewhat of a Japanese style or an inspired garden. And across from this garden is a beautiful Japanese maple that my mom and I planted nearly 40 years ago. Little, it was a little thing at the time. And it has since turned into this absolutely stunning sight, beautiful burgundy colors. And I had always looked at that tree and said, you know, tree, you really need chairs underneath you. I've been saying it for years. I, I At first, I think I wanted a, a bench. You know, they have the circular benches that you can actually get that surround the entire tree. And uh, But then in more recent years, I thought, you know, I would love Adirondack chairs. Probably for a few years now, I was thinking, oh, and I would say to my husband, I really want to find some good Adirondack chairs. Uh, they, I don't, I don't believe they were, they originate in um, uh, New England, but I know that they're very popular, uh, a very popular New England style, kind of cape style uh, for outdoor furniture. And so I thought, oh, that would just look stunning. Well, I'm sitting across from this area, across from this tree that I thought would be perfect for these chairs. And I sat across in the little Japanese garden and I began to think about what Diane was saying. I said, you know, I'm going to try a little experiment right now. It was very uh, impromptu. And so I stared at the tree and I began to speak out loud. Tree? Actually, I have a name for the tree, but I'm going to keep that private. So we'll call her Tree. (laughs) I said, Tree, wouldn't you love it if you had a pair of beautiful hardwood sturdy Adirondack chairs underneath your beautiful branches. I waited and I listened a little bit. And I don't know, I think I even saw the leaves maybe shake, you know, moving a little bit. I'm sure there was a little breeze, but I took that as a yes. (laughs) But then I started to get into it. And I started to describe what these chairs would look like, what I imagined them to look like. But the key here is I spoke out loud. I then lowered my eyes a little bit until they hit the ground beneath the tree and where those chairs would be sitting. And I got more descriptive. They're vintage, somewhat patinaed because they're vintage, in great shape, hardwood, authentic, because there's a lot of variations of the Adirondack chairs. I even have plastic ones these days, but no, I wanted the true, the real deal. So I started to talk about it out loud. And all the while I'm looking at the tree and I'm kind of looking on the ground where the tree, where the trees, I'm sorry, where the chairs would sit. And I got really animated all the while talking out loud until the point where I could see the chairs. I really could see the chairs. I thought, wow, I'm going to find these chairs somewhere. Oh, and here's the other thing in the description. They had to be cheap. I'm talking, you know, these are used chairs that I'm going to be finding, right? These chairs can be very expensive, even some of the used ones, depending on the quality. But I wanted, of course, a deal. uh, And I was determined to find it. So I didn't push it. I just, again, sat back. I I spoke out loud. I looked at the tree. I said, tree, wouldn't you love these chairs underneath you? And I began to see the, the shape of these chairs showing up under that tree. Okay. I then said, that was fun. I let it go. I came back in the house, 
got back to work. And needless to say, I think I forgot that I had even done this. I let it go. And that is key. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Fast forward two weeks, mind you, for whatever reason, the thought that I had done this little experiment never entered my mind again. It's my birthday. About two weeks later, it's a Saturday, a beautiful and very hot day, I recall. So my husband and I were on our way to a little town day they have here locally that we love to go and visit with friends and neighbors and and check out some of the vendors that have their wares out. And so we went, got in the car. As we're rounding the corner, I notice, what do I see? I bet you can guess. Two Adirondack chairs sitting at a neighbor's curbside, which clearly looked like they were going to be uh, either thrown away or given away. So I said, honey, stop the car. Please stop. So he did. He's laughing because he, he knows he's heard me talk about he didn't know about my little experiment, but he knows that I've wanted Adirondack chairs in this spot for a while. So I now I don't know this neighbor, but I have no problem <laughs> ringing the doorbell. And that I did. Well, actually, I saw him working uh, in his yard on the side of uh, the house. So I summoned him and I said, uh, hi, I, I live around the corner. He knew who I was. We, we don't know each other by name, but uh, we didn't end up recognizing each other. I see you have uh, two chairs here. Are you giving them away? And he kind of chuckled. He's like, these? He says, well, I hadn't planned on it. I think I'm going to throw them away because they're in pretty bad shape. But you're welcome to take a look at them. So I did. Look, they were in bad shape. I mean, they didn't look anything like my visualization. And it, to be honest with you, even at that point, I hadn't been thinking about the visualization. I just saw the chairs and thought, oh, my gosh. I, you know, I picked them up. They were a little bit you know, they were falling apart. So it wasn't going to work. So I said, well, thanks anyway. And I'll let you know if I find some. (laughs) And he chuckled. And uh, we said our goodbyes. Okay, so I got in the car and I said, no, no go. These these are pretty bad, uh, falling apart. So I said to my husband, I am determined (laughs) to find these Adirondack chairs. Okay, fine, somewhat facetiously, but I we move on. We go to the little fair meet up with some friends who were uh, helping me celebrate my birthday. And like I said, it was really, really hot. So there were a lot of people that were scurrying to get cold drinks and ice and ice cream. And I was I was scurrying to get under the, clo- the the nearest vendor because they all had their awnings and I knew I could cool off a little bit there. I mean, it was that hot. It was steaming hot that day, I remember. And I ended up finding a, a vendor, which was right up my alley because I'm a gardener, uh, our local co-op, garden co-op. So I went... Uh, to introduce myself, uh, find out a little bit more about their uh, club. And we got to talking about all sorts of things. Lovely ladies. There were three of them there. And one of them was uh, particularly talkative and had been sharing uh, some of the projects and initiatives that their organization are involved in. And I signed up for their newsletter and said, I'd love to get involved on some level as I'm a gardener as well. And then this is where it gets interesting. People, I heard a voice now, I say I hear, heard a voice. I heard a voice in my head. While this woman was talking, I hear a voice in my head say, ask them about Adirondack chairs. Very distinct. And, you know, it's so funny, again, as these things are happening, there's a, there's a conversation going on and another conversation going on in my head. And I, I, in my head, I'm saying, really? Ask them about Adirondack chairs? Okay. 
<laughs> so when the woman paused in her conversation, uh, and we're just kind of standing there, I said, you know, I don't know why I'm going to ask you this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Does anybody know where I could find a good pair of cheap, I don't know if I said cheap, but a good pair of used Adirondack chairs? And they kind of looked and said, oh, have you checked Craigslist? Yes, I have. Have you checked eBay? Yes, I have. Have you looked at this? Have you looked at that? Have you gone to yard sales? Da, da, da. Yes, yes. And yes, again. So we may have gone on to another subject real quick. It was just, you know, just a thought. Thought I'd ask just in case. And a minute or so later, there was another woman that was standing there kind of listening tentatively. She was kind of doing other things, but still kind of knowing what was going on. And she looks at me and she says, you know, I have a pair of Adirondack chairs. You can have them if you want them. I looked at her. I said, really? I bet they're beat up pretty bad. I'm thinking to myself, I didn't say that. But she said, oh, they're, my husband and I, you know, somebody gave them to us maybe 15 or so years ago. They're teak. Uh, they may need a little sanding, but otherwise they're they're uh, in pretty good shape and you can have them. I said, really? Well, you can only imagine I wasted no time whatsoever in getting her address. She was eager to invite me over to take a look the next day. I went the next day. Lo and behold, she led me to where they were being stored. She and her husband. They were and are the most beautiful, teak, still with the stain intact, just a little bit of standing needed on the side, maybe, but not really. Beautiful chairs I'd ever seen. I remember the first thing out of my mouth was when I saw them, I said, are you sure you want to give these away? Can I give you something for them? She said, absolutely not. You can have them. Not only did she have these two incredibly beautiful vintage Adirondack chairs, there was a chase. I don't know if you've seen them. They're beautiful. It's just, it's an attachment or a piece that goes. So it's a full uh, chair with a chase that you could put your legs on. She included that and a teak, matching teak table to go in between the two for free. I'm going to pause there for a minute. Take that in, people, for free. Well, I made a uh, Wasted no time and loading, and I was thankful that I could get everything. I at first I didn't think I'd be able to fit everything in my my car, but it's it's an SUV, so I was able to get them in there, haul them home. I actually brought over a book for her, I because I, I just felt so humbled that she had and grateful that she had offered these, no matter what they look like, for free. That was very kind of her. So I brought her a book, signed a book, and brought it over for her, and then made my way back home. Adirondack chairs in tow. I couldn't wait to get home and show my husband. <laughs> I I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know whether he thought he was going to have to come and, and pick them up because we thought they might be too heavy or what. But I came home grinning ear to ear with these chairs. And when he saw them and unloaded them from the, the car, his jaw dropped. He said, wow, these are beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And listen, I've got to tell you, well, first I'll say we, we obviously set them up. Under tree, the tree, she was very happy. We were very happy. And I was just in awe, just in awe. And I have to tell you something. It wasn't until I really had the occasion to kind of come down from this little high, this little birthday gift. What a gift. Universal birthday gift, we'll call it. That I recalled the intention. I said, oh, my God. 
And I pointed to my husband. I said, look, I, I pointed to the bench. I said, I sat on that bench looking at this tree and I imagined these chairs underneath the tree and here they are. Not just the chairs, because I have to be honest, in the vision, I did not get the chase and I certainly didn't get the table, but look what I got. And I got them for free. There's the story, people. I'm a little over time, but I wanted I wanted to get through that so I could get to this. And this, to me, is very important. I take these things seriously because I, I sure, we can always argue that this is a, a case of coincidence. I happen to think coincidence is synchronicity, coincidence, two incidents that coincide. But I'm going to say I do not believe them to be coincidence in the way that we typically consider coincidence to be. I'm going to call this an incredible manifesting experiment gone right. (laughs) I want to take a few minutes to examine what happened here. I clearly call this an experiment because I wanted to, although I didn't overthink it, I wanted to really take notice. And certainly after I was apparently able to manifest these beautiful teak Adirondack chairs, I wanted to again, go back in my memory banks and recall what I did. And that's what I, I I did. And I want to share that with you now, because I think you may benefit from this approach that I took. If you recall, I did a conscious commentary episode uh, a month or two ago, maybe even a little longer, go back into the archives, you can get to it from our website, and you'll find, uh, I do not recall the name, but of the particular episode, but it had to do with intuition and how you can learn your intuition by ignoring it. There's your key. So go back and look that up. And in that conscious commentary episode, what I wanted to really stress, what I really wanted to talk about is how in the act of going over, because again, you you recall your intuition often when you realize that you didn't listen to it. That's how that's what gives you the heads up. Wow, I had an intuition. Why didn't I listen to it? But I I also talk about how you can, in going over that, try to retrace your steps and figure out how the message came in. You're, in this case, receiving a message. Was it auditory? Was it visual? Or was it kinesthetic, which is feeling? Now, it occurred to me that as I went through this little manifesting or we can call it what Lynn McTaggart refers to as an intention experiment. I intended to manifest two Adirondack chairs. It occurred to me that, well, first of all, in really drilling down and understanding my unique channel, my unique receiving channel tends to be primarily auditory. And that's what I talk about in the other episode in terms of your your learning style or your your the channel for getting information, but also in sending information. So where I'm going with this is, could it be that the primary channel that you tend to receive, that being in this case, in, intuitive messages, could it be the same when you're sending messages? Remember, we are sender, receiver, transmitters. Sender, receiver, transmitters, we have the ability to both send and receive. And when I say that, I mean from an extra extrasensory perceptive uh, perspective. <laughs> so that's the key, or that was the key that I really wanted to drill down on. Could it be that the channel that I use for receiving is also my 
strongest suit in sending when you're intending. You're sending. You're sending something into the field, whatever that field may be. That that what's been called the the zero point field, the field of all where we where we reside and in, in, on some level. My primary receiving channel is auditory. And it's interesting that when I did this little experiment, I felt the need to speak out loud. And that's why I wanted to stress as I was going through the little scenario that I just shared with you, I reiterated, I spoke out loud. Fortunately, there's nobody around other than the tree. And God knows who else in the invisible world that could hear me, but fine. I spoke out loud because that tends for some reason to be my strongest channel in both receiving and apparently and sending as well. Now, again, when you're receiving, and I want to get into this too, because there was an intuitive aspect to this little magical process uh, that happened that I'll explain in a moment. Um, the intuition, well, let me just go to the, the what happened in terms of the auditory uh, channel as a receiving channel. When I was with these women at the little garden co-op vendor stand, remember I said I heard a voice say, ask them about Adirondack chairs. Now, again, it, this is not something that you hear that I heard at least, audibly, externally and coming into my ear, but rather a voice in my head. <laughs> it was, it came through in the form of words, ask them about on Adirondack chairs, because I recall specifically, that's what was said, but it's a silent sort of in your head message. In this case, in the sending situation, I spoke out loud. And I do think for whatever reason, remember our voices are also carrier waves. They have a frequency. And frequency travels. So I, I am pondering as we speak, could it be that my taking that strong suit of mine, that channel that is auditory, uh, that is my, that's my thing. Could that have added some oomph to the manifestation? Here's another thing. The more I got descriptive, verbally descriptive about what these chairs would look like, the more I began to visually see what they looked like underneath that tree. It's as almost as if I used my primary receiver channel, auditory, which is a sender channel apparently as well, created a visual template. So again, in going back to what is your primary channel? Is it auditory, visual, or kinesthetic, which is feeling? I feel that one sort of can become intertwined with another or one can prompt another. The auditory, my using my strong suit, which is my auditory, was able to create a visual template so I could actually see it. It's very interesting. So here's where I want to leave this because I know we're over time here. I want you to practice this. But with this approach, first, See if you can identify what your primary receiving channel is. Let's start with that. That's where the intuitive part comes in. And I do, again, urge you to listen to that little uh, conscious commentary segment uh, that I did on just that, identifying your receiving channel uh, intuitively. And then once you're comfortable with that, See if you can use that same channel, whether it's auditory, visual, or feeling. 
kinesthetic. And let me say again, for feeling, it's not necessarily a tactical, something that you can touch, but having a feeling or a sense of something. So when we say feeling, it's in that way. It can be, it can be tactical, tactical. (laughs) It can be, you can, you know, it can be a, a physical feeling sensation as well. I know people that will get, you know, a tap on the shoulder and it, and there may be an intuition that kind of comes from that. Anyway, see if you can establish that. What is that for you? Also, think about what your primary learning style is. Again, is it visual, auditory, or kinesthetic? Take that, see if that's applicable also to your receiving channel. And if it is, see if it's applicable to your sending channel. And if it is, use that sending channel to start manifesting. Start manifesting. I know you can do it. Listen, I want to hear from you on this one for sure. Please let me know. This is a great little experiment. Maybe you'll add some little twists and turns for yourself. Again, I cannot stress enough how important it is for us to create our own individual style in all of these wondrous things that seem to elude so many of us. Again, yes, there are books, there are workshops, there are lectures, these days, YouTube videos, my shows, uh, and they're all great. But it, it nothing beats experimenting on your own, because then you discover you, you discover you, and you discover where your bailiwick is, where your sweet spot is. And you know, I really think the universe appreciates that effort. And A, realizing that we're individuals, something that works for someone else may not work for you, probably won't work for you. But rest assured, there is something uniquely suited to you. So I want you to find it. Listen, try it out. Let me hear from you. You know, you can Facebook me, you can email me going to my website, uh, leave me a comment. I'd love to hear from you. I want to hear about more manifesting, conscious manifesting, by the way miraculous and magical as it may be, it is still innately who we are. So let's start manifesting everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to this fun, creative, I still get excited about these chairs. I'm looking at them right now at my window. This fun, really fun uh, little segment, Conscious Commentary. And by the way, go to, if you want to see a picture of these lovely chairs, go to the, the podcast, uh, companion po- uh, podcast post uh, on higherjourneys.com and you'll see them. Hope you like them. Thanks, everyone. I'll talk to you real soon. Bye.